hello everyone. Welcome to CRE Power Hour. I am so excited this week to have our special guest Tiffany on, which we're going to get to you in just a second, Tiffany. But I got to disclose something, everyone. If I'm not as peppy and uh, if I look like total you-know-what, it's because I feel like total you-know-what. I have got the flu, 102 fever. Lisa Marie, my fabulous co-host, had surgery this week, so it wasn't like I could call in sick and say, Lisa Marie, you got to get this. Like it was, it was do or not do. And I wasn't going to stand Tiffany up because you are a badass hailing to us from Oregon in commercial real estate. So Tiffany, tell us about and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, girl, you are a badass as well. Sent her sick and all. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's amazing what we do to, to get the job done. That's right. Yes. That is right. So when'd you get into commercial real estate? And how? Um, it was kind of, I originally started in um, financial advising. I worked for Morgan Stanley for 15 years, had owned a couple or partnered a couple businesses prior to that. Um, I moved to Texas and I actually started it with business brokerage. I yeah. um, bought four territories of a um, Transworld Business Advisors, which is a business brokerage firm. Did that for five years, um, sold that business and moved to moved back to Oregon and in Oregon, you know, they have a little bit different laws. So I got my real estate license and now been focusing on businesses with commercial property as well. So I originally started in financial advising and business brokerage. I love that because it's very rare that I've met any other business brokers that have the financial background, which yes. they should, right? Or no. at least get no. the CBI designations, at least understand yep. how to do a proper valuation, how to read those finances. So, I mean, you're, you've got a whole leg up on, because I, we, we all meet a lot of people that identify as business brokers, but that's yeah. because they've given them that title. That's because right? they give them that title. Yeah. Especially yeah. starting out in Texas, Texas is like cowboys and Indians. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need a state license. You don't need a regulation. You don't need nothing. You can just say, Oh, it makes good money. I'm a business broker. Um, so yeah, it's a big, it's a big difference. Um, so I, I feel very blessed to have both the commercial real estate, but also that business brokerage background, because it is rare to find a really good business broker that knows what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. So tell us about the kind of deals that you do. Give us some ideas in, in the look inside of your world. I know. Well, I have done everything from large manufacturing companies down to tiny hamburger joints. Um, recently, I've been very blessed as moving back to Oregon, um, getting in with some oil companies and some connections where I've mostly just been focusing on um, mostly off-market deals, um, but truck stops, gas stations, um, larger things like that, that I've really been focused on probably in the last two years. But before that, I mean, I've done everything, every type of business. Um, you name it, I've probably sold it or been involved in attempting to sell it because, you know, not everything sells with business. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, one of the things that Lisa Marie and I love to do is educate people, right? I mean, you know, we've mm -hmm. all fumbled through the business. Yep. I mean, literally, we've learned yes. from our mistakes. And so, yep. you know, and I had this conversation just last night and I had it probably three other times this week and, and every week, but I'll get a real mm -hmm. estate agent who's amazing. 
They know yeah. what they're doing. They are great at listing or selling those homes or even land or whatever. And they'll get their friend, you know, that has a business that's ready to exit. And I'm like, this is a totally different world, you all. This is completely totally different. different. So speak to us, <laughs> Tiffany, you know, about when, when a business is reaching out to you, what's mm -hmm. the first thing you do? Because there's a lot of steps in order to get to that listing. There are so many steps. And I do think it is very key. I mean, that would be one thing, you know, and I've talked to um, our leader here with EXP is just really informing everybody of the differences in a business brokerage when you're looking at a business, because it is a totally different ball ballgame um, than really anything else. You know, I really pride myself that um, I've been very lucky that I don't lose a lot of clients, but I'm very much on the I do not push for that listing um, until they really feel comfortable because business brokerage is so different. You have to have that trust with your seller yeah. where they really, truly feel comfortable because there's so much emotions involved in it. Um, but the first thing I always look at is, you know, financials. Financials is so key. Um, you know, tax returns, profit and loss. Um, how are we? I think it's very important with business structure as well. And I talk about with my sellers is I'm not only going to evaluate what your business can potentially sell for, but how can a buyer actually buy it? Yeah, because You can list anything, but it is much harder to buy a business than is to buy a home or even, a you know, commercial land or right. You know, a building with no with no business so you really when looking in that in order to get to that closing table which is what everybody wants to do you know um it's a really evaluate not only can that business how can it sell for and what but how can a buyer buy that can you get the financing for it are you maybe looking at some seller financing are you maybe you know so also just due to my background it does kind of help you know what are you going to do with that money are you going to reinvest it right away? Then we kind of have to look at maybe more of a cash deal. And if you can't get bank funding, then what is that going to look like? Um, if seller financing will work because seller financing comes into play a lot more with businesses than it does with other things. You know, you talk about selling seller financing to a home and they're like, what? You know, it's, yeah. it's, so it's a lot different and a lot goes into it. Um before, honestly, before they're willing to commit to me. And honestly, I'm willing to commit to them, you know, um, because business brokers, there's a reason why it gets paid more commission. It's a lot harder, a lot more involved. And if you have a seller that's too unrealistic, I'll be honest, I, I've, I've, you know, referred some out just, you know, if it can't be a good fit on both sides. Absolutely. Well, and two, you know, with businesses, depending on, you know, the type of businesses, they're all mm -hmm. trading at different multipliers. I yep. mean, you know, you've got the tech space that's up in the, you know, the teens of, of yep. multipliers. You know, you've got some restaurants that are in the three times multiplier, but then you've got yep. some certain brands that can be at the five, six, seven times multiplier. Exactly. It, it so, all ranges and it all yeah. ranges too on how involved the owner is. You know, the more out, the more independently ran that business is, you can get a higher multiple. If you're in there working 90 hours a week to run your business, right. it's not going to yeah. be, you know, it's a lot different. A lot that is different. true.
Well, and we meet a lot of those businesses too. And I know we all do where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's privately held, privately ran and the yeah. guy or gal that owns it is doing 90% of the work. And if you were to take them out of the business, what do they have left? What do they have to sell? They don't have an operator. They don't they have don't a plant have manager. They don't have that person that you can put right into that role. And that affects what it's going to sell for because then somebody's got to put that person in that role and find someone with that type of experience. And it's going to cause the seller to have to stay on for a while to train them up at least a year or more. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at longer transition times. Your cash flow can look really pretty if you're the one doing all the work. But Mm -hmm. unless someone wants to buy a job, they're going to be looking to put someone in there, just like you said, to do that job instead. And then they got to factor in, well, if I do that, then my cash flow is really only this. It's yeah. not this nice, high, pretty number because you're the only one in there working. Um, so just also knowing the type of buyer that that business is going to appeal to. Is it going to be someone who wants to basically buy a job? But but being their own employee, you know, being their own person, but they're willing to get in there and do all the work. Or is it more of an investor? Because your price points are going to be different depending on what buyer you're going to, you know, be attracting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tiffany, you know, my team, we do a lot of uh, of portfolio restaurant sales, you know, brand mm-hmm. franchise brands doing yep. all over the United States. And one of the things that, you know, we were paying attention to really starting in about November, uh, December, you know, just a couple months ago, were Mm -hmm. all the headlines out there of the PPP money coming due and all these special COVID loans that, you know, not all of those things were forgiven. A lot of them, they were granted that money, but now it's time to start paying that money back. And we're seeing that they haven't, you know, gotten back to where they can afford to add that monthly payment into their existing numbers because they're just not there yet. They haven't made that full rebound. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm in in Kentucky, but doing business all over the States. You're in Oregon doing business all over the States. You know, are you seeing that same thing in other industries as well? Oh yeah. No, it's really affecting a lot. And then you know, especially when you go to value a business, you've got to look at, did they do that PPP loan? Because a lot of them will have that on their p as income. But when you're evaluating a business, you have to take that out because that was a one-time yeah. thing. You know, you can't, that's not going to count towards your income. Um, right. If they still have debt with that, that has to be paid off. When you go to sell, you're going to have to, that's going to be part of the, you know, closing is that that gets paid off. Um, yeah. So it comes into play a lot. And, you know, with, if you're looking to sell, some people, I mean, as you know, anybody with business, employees are so hard right now. It's getting good employees. So when you're looking at having a hard time with that, um, the cost of goods going up basically across the board almost with everything. And now having to come in and pay back that, you're seeing a lot of businesses that are more feeling that crunch and maybe, unfortunately, even having to go to the point of considering to sell or do something because they can't they can't make it all work anymore. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you've got those, you know, businesses that are looking to do something and they can sell. You know, I tell people this all the time. We can get those businesses sold. And Mm -hmm. if they've got an SBA loan or, you know, wherever the debt is, primarily it's going to be with SBA, then there is negotiation that can take place. You know, we can 
go down that rabbit hole with them. It just means the seller's not going to walk away with any money either, right? Exactly. We're going to get some debt cleared off the books that they're going to be able to not have to pay, but they're not going to walk away with any money. And sometimes yep. that's the best thing to do, especially if they own multitude yep. of businesses because you don't want one bringing the rest of them down exactly. or all of that. And so you've got a lot of people in that situation. But you've yep. also got a lot of baby boomers now looking for that exit strategy and looking for that, you know, retirement time, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially the ones that live inside of their business, which as we know, yep. there's quite a few. Quite a few. And so what are you seeing for 2023? We're still, you know, February yep. of 2023 doing the show. So what do you see for this year as far as the, the outreach to you and what other agents should be looking for? Because here's the thing, if anybody's listening and you're a licensed real estate agent, yep. if you don't understand how to do a business deal, don't do it. Refer yep. it though. We got a lot of experts that can take that over, pay you a referral fee and you make some yes. money because- it's extreme. But I always tell real estate agents, I'll stand in a room and say, hey, how many of you know somebody that owns a business? The entire room raises their oh, hand. Yeah. They all know. And, yeah, they all do. So, mm -hmm. you know, and so as we're, we're doing these outreaches and we're in the business industry and you being a business broker, mm -hmm. who are you seeing or what types of businesses are you seeing reaching out this year to you? Is it prime? Is it all? Is it across the board, all different types, or is it specific to anything? You know, like I said, I've kind of gotten in a niche right now, but um, I'm having more and more EXP home realtors reaching out to me across yeah. the board. And this would be, um, and this is when I was focusing mostly just on business brokerage and all. And this would be what I would tell people for kind of two to three points. Number one, do not discuss commission with a business owner. I've Correct. had a lot of people come to me and they're used to theirs where they're telling a business, oh, 3%. And then I'm like, whoa. And then I no, got a no, no. girl and it's a low. I mean, business brokers, at least with me, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I have a minimum. And then, you know, you have the higher percentages for a reason. Um, so that is a big key because sometimes you can be shooting yourself in the foot before you even reach out for that referral. Um, number two, is I tell everybody I meet with this with business that own a business, do not come to me when you are ready to sell. Come to me maybe a year or two out. That yeah. is the best thing. If you know business owners that are maybe even looking, I mean, yes, you can come to me when you're ready. But if if you are getting that plan, the best thing to do is reach out to a business broker or I should say a good one. Not all will take that time but really someone to sit down and look at everything, let you know, okay, this is what might hurt you. When you have maybe some time to correct that, um, this is what you're gonna need to show more on your financials if you're gonna wanna be able to get a, a bank loan approved on this. Um, I love when sellers come to me prior and really let me advise them on how to do it correctly, how to get the most money in their pocket um, because it's, it's so different. Like I said, it's not just evaluating how will it go for, but how is it going to be able to sell? How, yeah. how, how is it going to get to that closing table? Because I'm not one of those that you'll see some business brokers with 20, 30 listings. You know, I did that back in the day when I first opened my business brokerage firm and it was hammered into me by my franchise, listing, 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 and eventually one will close. And I did that for a while and I made way less money. 
And now that I really focus on making sure it's a good business valuation, not only a good business valuation, but how can it be sold? I have happier sellers. I have happier buyers and I make more money. Um, so really, if you know a business owner or if you're a business owner listening and you're ever thinking about selling, whether it's one year, two year, find someone and start getting that advisement on how to do it correctly in the beginning. Um, and then I also have some that come to me that they thought they wanted to sell the business on their own. And then they come to me after it's a hot mess and <laughs> oh my, um, there's a reason why we get paid what we do. And, and I, there is a true value in it. When you find a good one that really takes the time and does it correctly. Um, but early, get in there early and, and don't talk commissions and, and find someone that will really truly advise because it's going to make you more money in commissions. If you're taking the time to truly advise them on how to do it better and then you get those referrals and, you know, I'm building for the long haul, not for the short haul. That's right. And and not every business is sellable. I mean, that's just so some of the, is, you know, that's just some of the truths of it. I mean, is they're just the not healthy it. businesses. They're, yep. you know, so there's a lot of assessment and pre-work that goes into figuring that out as well. Yes. Um, and, you know, one of the first things that we do, and Tiffany, you, and I know you do this, is we do what's called a quick quality assessment. You know, we take that owner through the questionnaire so that they understand, so that we know what the health of their business is. Even yep. before we start to look at the financials, we want to see who, you know, in, in the wheel of this business being ran, you know, yep. and the owner steps away from it. How is it going to run, you know, in the future, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is extremely eye-opening, which is great when somebody does reach out a year or two in advance because you can yep. take them through the quick quality assessment and show them, you know what? Here's the deal. Today, you're at a two times multiplier. But if you fix yep. these three things or these three departments or these two people or make a hire here, yep. this is where we can get you to that five times multiplier um, yep. and then be able to walk them through those steps. Walk them through that. And also some businesses, and I've sold multi-million dollar businesses and small businesses that, that are on leases. They don't necessarily own the property. Yeah. And that lease, landlord is king, whether you like it or not. It can kill a deal. I've seen them kill a deal and I've seen them make a deal go nice and smooth. Um, getting in with that landlord early on, if it is on a lease, especially in today's market, because... Um, and I saw that happen in Frisco when I moved to Texas and started my business brokerage firm. It was right when everyone was moving to Frisco. It was like the hottest place to live. Toyota, Java Juice, all people were moving in. So had all these smaller businesses that were on leases and all the landlords were like, okay, we can jack up those, you know, mm -hmm. and we're looking at right now where everything's going up. Um, and that can truly affect the value of your business. If you don't have a good lease, I mean, I've gotten some businesses out where it, it's, Sad to say, but I got him out of a lease and I got him out of everything. But I probably I walked away with more money at that closing table than they did. But I got him yeah. out of everything. It's rare that that happens, but I'm not going to say it doesn't. If you get into that, you know, but landlord is king and it can. It's true. It's one of the first things you've got to do. If that, if that location is being leased, you need to yep. be speaking to the landlord because you know what? You might sell that business and then you go to the landlord after the fact, trying, you know, trying to get to the closing and they go, oh, well, we're not going to transfer this lease. You all yep. need to relocate. 
And then if you've got a business that has to be relocated, the money that it oh, is worth, it's way different. It's, it's basically just like a pennies on the dollar for assets that they actually can pull out of that. Because a lot of times when you're leasing, a lot of that stuff stays. Yeah. There's not as much that can come out. So it, if it's a lease, that's one of the very first things. It's like, I need to see your lease and re go over it with you because that is the hugest thing. If you're talking with a business that's on a lease and doesn't own the property themselves, it's, yeah. that is just key. You can't do anything save, without a lease. Save your headache early and don't get to that, you know, do it, do that first thing uh, when it's a lease property. So let's mm -hmm. talk about, let's talk about that. Cause that is a great, I mean, that is a great, great tidbit. So, yes. you know, we've talked about selling a business with the lease in place, making sure you're making contact with that lease before you even go down the steps of the oh, yeah. valuation process to mm -hmm. make sure that that business, if it transfers to a new owner, they can stay in that lease, right? Yep. Because if, the landlord wants to raise the rent again, that's going to affect the value the of the business. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So let's talk about businesses that own the real estate. Yes. So in the very beginning, I used to say lease it all together is one thing. Mm -hmm. What's your rule of thumb on that? Does it just I think depend? it really depends on their goal. And this is maybe where, because I was, you know, a financial advisor for so long where I, and it's so hard for me to turn that off. Yeah. So whenever I have a business and they own the business and the property, I really do a, a, a two-way analysis. You yeah. know, what can I get you if you if we just sell the business and you're a landlord? Um, and then what can you, what will that get you? And then what if we do everything all together as one? Some businesses, like what I've been getting into recently is more truck stops and gas stations. And most buyers want the whole thing. Yeah. Um, want the whole kit and caboodle. You can't really, it's very rare. You're going to see that separated out. Yeah. Um, but one of those really large manufacturing deals I did with Texas, they sold the business and they stayed on as the landlord because that was kind of that property. And that was, that was kind of their retirement piece. They yeah. were ready to get out of the business, but they wanted to have income coming in and keep that as a retirement piece. So separating that out was perfect. So you, you sold the business and facilitated the lease. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. I really think it's key to really knowing your seller and when it comes to selling their business, whether it's with the property or whatever, knowing what their goals are after to really fit what is the best way to sell, especially when they do have that luxury. You have way more luxury and options to you if you own the business and the property. Yeah. Uh, you just have way more options. That's right. That's right. We run into so often where people in the restaurant space don't have the capital to buy the real estate as well, but that's okay because we facilitate them into a uh, lease and then we yep. sell the, the real estate as a triple net. Yep. No, so it that works, works that way as well. It works out very well in that, in that space. Like I said, every kind of industry has its own kind of what will work better for it. And restaurant is one um, that it will. Awesome. That will. Awesome. So Tiffany, what's on your plan for 2023? What are you going to do so big this year? <laughs> well, what, I know all your deals are off market and you can't tell them, but you know, I think you did some 30 something million dollar deal that you can't really tell us about, but you can yeah, shake no, your head I, and go, I'm yes, I did. This is one. I mean, I can't give now. I'm currently working on one that where they are very lucky. They own property and, and businesses. So we're working on selling the businesses because it works best for him tax wise and, and income wise. Um, selling the business package for, you know, close to 33 million and then a back end 
a good lease and 10 years later, the option to buy the, you know, the property for about 40 mil. Yeah. Um, so, you know, working on that right now, um, a lot of my do are off, are off market deals just because I, with that kind of gas and oil industry right now, that's how a lot of them does. I mean, yeah. the one listing that I got on there that I think, you know, put me, I think I was on a top thing last month was actually one of my smaller deals, but if it, if it gets listed, I know this sounds bad, at least in that niche I'm in right now, it's probably because they're asking too much. Um, and we yeah. did at, at first they were asking too much and we had to bring it down and it eventually sold. Um, but everything is, you know, everything is different. Some things you need to get out there and get listed. Um, and some you can do off market, but a lot of the bigger ones can be done off market. If you know, the buyers, you know, and everything. It's it's always right. a goal. I mean, that was kind of my goal because I do have boys to get to the point where most of my stuff is off market. Um, but I've been out there in the trenches when I opened my business in Texas, you know. Um, I was doing all the networking. But also, as you know, business and networking has changed. I mean, I think it's getting back. But, you know, during that time, after I moved from Texas, I moved back to Oregon in December of 19. <laughs> so, yeah. Right before COVID hit, there was no networking. There was no getting out right. there, building that business like I was able to in Texas. Um, yeah. So I had a, I got very lucky and got into a good um, niche. But I've been enjoying, like I said, more and more. I will say also we're in the busiest time of year right now. We're business owners. I've had more people reaching out to me on the real estate side and some other business owners that are um, – you know, it's it's a good time of year where people are either thinking to buy, expand, or to sell. So yeah, just knowing those key points, I think, um, for the home realtors out there, is really talk. Reach out to somebody before you give too much information with the business, um, because sometimes you can shoot yourself in the foot before, you know. Absolutely. Well, you're awesome. I'm so glad to be in business with you at EXP yes. and, I, I love it you know, lo lo love what you're doing um, because, you know, you're playing in what is considered a predominantly male dominated field. Oh, and yes. here we go, everybody. Yeah. She just kicked the door in and took her claim. I love it. Yes. So congratulations to you, you. And look Thank forward you. to doing this again soon with you. Okay? Yes, definitely. Anytime. All right, everybody. Thanks for putting up with me in the flu. And next episode, Lisa Marie will be back and hopefully I won't have a fever. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. I hope you get better. Thank you so much. All right.